Welcome to another edition of Lens Burning Bush. I am Len Harvey. Before I bring on my guest for the week, I want to talk about what's really burning my bush. So we have the big game coming up, approaching rapidly, and the hometown Cincinnati Bengals are actually in this game. I have many friends who have season tickets and have decided, hey, they're going to go to L.A. to see this game at SoFi Stadium in L.A. So I wanted to see how expensive this actually was going to be. And I figured, you know, it can't be that bad, right? Well, you got to look at this because it is bad. Uh, the 2020 Super Bowl ticket prices started out at $3,272.50 per person. Now, that I don't know where they came up with that number, but already that is getting to the point of, of being a little too high. Now, depending on the seat location and the package details, listings even went up to $14,876 a person just a couple of days ago. And by Wednesday, the price was about 4900 Giving the average price on StubHub, according to uh, StubHub, was 8869 Now, that would be the highest average for secondary market tickets in the 56-year history of the Super Bowl. Uh, so that it ties the larger ticket trends being expensive on a historic level. And I don't know where people are getting the money for this. So Super Bowl 56 tickets are... The most expensive, as we talked about. Now, according to Sportico, tickets for top VIP suites were, get this, $100,000. Now, I know it's a VIP suite, and the average person is not going to do that. But still, does it come with three bedrooms and a bath? That's what I want to know for that kind of money. So, CBS News reported the tickets on StubHub and Ticketmaster started out about 5000 after fees, and then some of them... If you were on the sideline, around the sideline or the 50-yard line for the Bengals, was about $50,000. Now, by comparison, a few years ago in Atlanta, the Patriots and the Rams played. That was about $2,900 to $4,300, which, again, overpriced as well. But it wasn't until the mid-1990s that the Super Bowl started to be this pricey. So I started to kind of look back and see what these prices were and see, you know, what really why people are spending this money. So we're going to go back to 19, to 1967 is when the Super Bowl started, right? And, of course, there wasn't the interest that there is today with the uh, level of tickets, but the average price was $12 per ticket. And if you, in, you know, looked at inflation, it was about $106, which at that time seemed a lot, but it was okay, you know, um, so what I did was rather than go through every year because I'd bore you to death and you'd be sitting there looking to turn the, um, the channel, but in 2000 comparison, the ticket was $325, which is adjusted to about $541 today. Now that I would do if I was a big fan of the Bengals and it was $325, I would do that. Um, because, or $541 even. I would try, you know, because again, even though you've been saving money for 33 years uh, or so to go to this game, you're still not going to be able to afford these bigger prices because in 2010, the price went up to $1,000, and that was adjusted to about $1,297. So this is getting a little bit out of control, and I think the average fan is not going to be able to go. So with that being said, maybe they should just come to my Super Bowl party, the 21st annual one coming at my house. So if you're in the area, make sure you stop by and uh, partake in some wings and some, some good food. With that being said, it's time to bring on my guest for the week. She is an actress, writer, producer. She's also an on-air radio host, so she's been. Let's welcome for the first time to Lens Burning Bush, 
Carol Bogart. And Carol, I'm going to put you up in the in the big screen here so we can see you streaming. Hello, Carol. How are you? Hi, Len. Hi, everybody. <laughs> well, it's good to see you. It's been a long time. We uh, we last saw each other sometime uh, maybe when the Super Bowl prices were better. Uh, a little bit ago, right? We uh, we we did work at WFDU in Teaneck, New Jersey, uh, and I had Paul Butler on a couple of weeks ago, who was one of my hosts as well. And we couldn't figure out when I started, whether it was '93 or I think it was '91, as I look back at it. And I remember you had a program. I think you had it. Did you have it early on Thursday or was it Wednesday morning? I can't remember. The Sunrise Saloon, wasn't it? Sunrise Saloon, yeah, and. Uh... Yeah, I think it was Thursday morning. Thursday morning. I don't remember it. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to remember. But anyway, I remember doing the newscast with you, and um, that was my first time ever being on the air. Uh, and that was, you know, so so between you and Paul, you, uh, you trained me to be better, and uh, I appreciate that. So thank you for that. Uh, uh, but what are your thoughts? Are, are you going to watch the Super Bowl? I, I kind of went on a rant about prices, which it just makes me crazy that the poor fans have to spend thousands of dollars to watch this game. It's true. We are absolutely going to watch it. I mean, my husband um, is famous for his Super Bowl parties, and we don't do just regular food. You know, it's not the wings and popcorn. No. He throws Super Bowl parties with full-out gourmet menus. He does these amazing uh, shrimp things. He makes, like, special sauces. People bring over uh, filet mignon. I mean, it is, it is uh, like, a gastronomic Super Bowl. And then we all, you know, celebrate the games. And I have to say, I'm excited this year because, come on, those championship games – Every single one. Those were probably the best football games I've ever seen in my life. Everything ag- right down to the last second, right? I would agree with you. I think it's been it's amazing. And one thing that I noticed, so I, I'm I'm a Pittsburgh Steeler fan. I've been for many, many years, okay? And you know, started in the seventies and uh, worked their way. But you know, I when I moved to Cincinnati in two thousand one, of course everybody hates me because I'm a Steeler fan. But it's kind of funny because I never really thought much. You know, the whole Bengal thing, it was nice. I figured, oh, I can have another team to root for within the division and be, you know, go to the games and whatever. But it turns out, you know, there's a big hatred. So it, it moved a little bit differently, right? But what was, was kind of interesting is there was always that little uh, back and forth between Bengals and Steelers fans. And Steelers obviously had won some Super Bowls, and it was a whole big to-do. So what was interesting is I went, um, I, I didn't watch the first couple of games out. I watched them at home. But the last game against Kansas City, which you talked about, you know, the, the last second stuff, I watched that one uh, with friends, all Bengal fans. And I was in a bar with all Bengal fans. I mean, just, it was packed. And what was interesting was when the Bengals, when the last second happened, when they won and they kicked the field goal, I saw people crying. I mean, it was like, oh, my God. I, at that moment, I felt like a reporter that I realized what they had been struggling with, and I felt like I've been spoiled because my teams have won. This is, this is different. And I went around to everybody, oh, yeah. and I said, congratulations. You deserve it. This has been 33 years of you know, waiting uh, to get back to the Super Bowl. And, 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 and it's just so amazing to see and the emotions – and they're just all, normally a lot of them would come to my 
party, but they're having their own kind of deal. And I, I I'm like, you know what? You and deserve. Rightly so. You deserve. They deserve to celebrate. They do. You know, I'm I'm a, a baseball girl. Yep. I grew up going to Yankee Stadium. Yep. You know, love the Yankees. And um, I remember when the Chicago Cubs finally, you know, got the series. Just being so thrilled for them. It was the same thing. Now my husband is football. My husband says if you cut him, he bleeds Giants blue. So he's been a major football fan. And since we've been together, um, which is since 2008, you know, now I love football also. And he's very proud of me because I understand the game. I even do the signs of the penalties before the refs do. (laughs) And I was just astounded by the, the, the quality of the games. And I mean, just the, the fervor that each team played with, you know, and, and the outcome. And I traveled across the country on a, on a Broadway national tour. And so I went to Pittsburgh, I went to Chicago, I went to Cincinnati, I went to Los Angeles and, um, and Seattle. I like the Seahawks too. I love their uniforms. (laughs) So, you know, um, and I think Pat Carroll Central Casting, if they were looking for a football coach, Pat Carroll is the quintessential looking coach. You know, so, I mean, I I really have, I love each city and each team because of the people that I met in each city. So this Super Bowl, I don't really have a favorite. I'm, it's going to be like each play, I'm going to root for the Bengals. I'm going to root for the Rams. You know, I just, I love them both. So I say to everybody out there, good luck. And congratulations, you know, to whoever the victor is. Because, you know, in football, it always, it just comes down to the last second. It does. Wow. You hope. It 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 makes it a great game. And they've been great. Oh, my gosh. The kickers kickers have been wonderful. Um, You know, the the Bengals kicker from Florida. Special teams. You know, special teams. They win win, uh, Super Bowls. Absolutely. They do. Now, speaking of the Super Bowl, there's going to be a great halftime. I'm actually, you know, it's funny. You look at some of the halftime performances, and it was uh, the weekend was last, or I think last year or the year before. I don't know. They all run into each other. And I was thinking to myself going, I like the weekend. I mean, he does a good job, but as a performer, and it was a little bit lacking for me. But this year, we've got Kendrick Lamar, Dr. Dre, Mary J. Blige, Snoop Dogg, and Eminem, they're going to set the stage under Hamish Hamilton, who's the director. And, uh, you know, there's – I'm just excited about this. I think it's going to be uh, – you know, Snoop uh, just bought Death Row Records. He's all excited. Uh, you know, I think it's – you always see Snoop everywhere. But this is going to be exciting and fun for me, I think. It's going to be exciting. I mean, my my goodness, you know, some of the best uh, performers – Ever. And I mean, the super, the halftime show, I never, I never realized, you know, before all of these Super Bowl parties, how exciting, you know, not only the game, but that the halftime shows were in. Yeah, we're going to be in for something spectacular. I hope. Yeah, I agree. I'm looking forward to it. I, I you know, you put all those major performers on stage together. I get excited. I like an all star kind of cast i always liked even tv shows growing up when they would when they would all get on stage and perform 
uh, and sing stuff because a lot of them all can sing. Every one of them. And you always find, you know, kind of interesting, kind of like uh, my obsession with the movie Pitch Perfect. I love those, uh, the singing uh, on it. But uh, it is going to be a great halftime show. What about the Super Bowl commercials? What are we going to, well, you know, do you sit there? Do you watch? I mean, everybody gets quiet in the uh, Super Bowl party. You're going to watch the commercials? I love the commercials. I was very excited because my first um, national television commercial premiered during the AFC championship game. I'm starring as uh, the grandmother in the Reyes. It's a CBS. Wait, hold, hold, hold on one second. Wait, one second. How could you be a grandmother? I, that's some <laughs> acting right there. Right away, I give you. You should get an award for that. But go ahead. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> Thank you, Glenn. Um, but you know, uh, the my goodness, the commercials—they're so exciting. And I have to say, my favorites, of course, are with the Clydesdale horses, the Budweiser commercials, you know, with the puppy especially. And I remember um, the commercial that they did uh, with the Clydesdales in memorial to the 9-11 site, you know, that it aired, I believe, only once where the Clydesdale horses bowed, you know, to um, the 9-11 site. That was so emotional. But, the you know, the Clydesdales with the puppy. Those are my absolute favorite. But I'm really looking forward to, there's a lot of exciting commercials coming out this year, you know, with celebrities like uh, Paul Rudd and Seth Rogen, I know, are going to do a funny one. And I can't wait to watch them. I think they're going to be great. Paul Rudd and Seth Rogen are doing, uh, they're preparing for a wedding uh, in a Lay's commercial. They're going to be doing one. We're also going to see Gwyneth Paltrow. Now, I don't know if you know, she has her candles that she made. Uh, I won't get into details how she made them, but she's going to have it where she, in an Uber Eats commercial, she's going to eat one of them. So that's going to be interesting. And then Mila Kunis and Demi Moore, uh, who both um, were with uh, Aston Kutcher, are going to be talking about kind of stuff that they have in common on an AT&T commercial. <laughs> I cannot wait for that one. I think that's going to be fantastic. I love Demi Moore uh, all throughout, and, and Mila Kunis is great. Have you ever seen Bad Moms? Did you did you like that movie? Yes. One of my it's favorites. So funny. Oh. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, all of the commercials and, you know, uh, Doritos, um, the car the car commercials, you know, they just, yeah, they're so funny. It's a, it's, yeah. Really, really exciting. I mean, again, going back to how you opened your show, crazy money I know. being spent, you know, for these spots and crazy money making it prohibitively expensive for average folks like you and me oh, yeah. to go and see the Super Bowl. But, hey, that's why I sit on my couch and and watch on my TV and, yeah, enjoy every second. It's- and the hard part is that, there's no time to run to the kitchen or run to the restroom because I'm waiting to see the commercials. I'm waiting to see the halftime show. I know. One <laughs> it, it is fantastic. And one commercial that I'm going to look forward to seeing, they're actually going to uh, be bringing back the cast of uh, Austin Powers. Uh, Rob Lowe is going to, number two, is going to, you know, number two. <laughs> Who does number two? You know, so it's going to be an Austin Powers, Dr. Evil, you know, kind of thing. Uh, it's, uh, the boy is very astute. I am trying to kill him, although quite unsuccessful. He's quite <laughs> whitey like his old man. Uh, that's going to be a GM commercial, so I'm looking forward to to that with Rob Lowe and the cast of wow. uh, Austin Powers are going to be part of that. That'll be a lot of fun. I can't wait for that. And as far as prices, I just I don't get like why things have to cost so much, and and that's why I brought it up. I mean, 
Here's a perfect example. I went to Las Vegas to see, and I, I look at the Super Bowl as similar to going to Las Vegas, right? You know, I went to see Lady Gaga in October, and, and I loved it. It was about $325 a ticket, which is not cheap. Um, but it's Lady Gaga, and you're seeing a whole concert. You know, I just feel like, you know, looking at these prices, it's gotten a little out of control. Oh, definitely. Yeah, just so, so crazy expensive. But I will say that when uh, we were playing Las Vegas, Gaga was coming in the week after. Oh. And I, I wanted to see her. And I would have paid, uh, you know, 300 plus to see her. It would have hurt, yes. but I would have paid it because, you well, know, she was so worth it. Well, funny. So I'm jealous. St- yeah. yeah, funny story about that. So it was a, a friend's 50th birthday. And they wanted to go. I was like, oh, whatever, whatever they want to do. I was, I didn't have any opinion. Gaga did a halftime show a few years ago. And I was like, oh, she's good. She's very talented. But of course, with the, with the halftime show, you lose a little bit, you know, what she can do. So anyway, I got there and figured, oh, this will be a good time. Just relax or whatever. She put on, started, it was all jazz and, you know, they had the orchestra and the it, I was mesmerized how good she was, and she made me a fan. I I, I watched her uh, performance uh, again when she uh, did the Tony Bennett birthday. Did you see that? Yes, I watched that. Oh my yeah. goodness, what a spectacular yeah. show! And Tony Bennett, I mean, oh my God, you know, a, a legend, a treasure. He was incredible, and Gaga. I mean, she's spectacular, you know. Yeah, she's... There are certain people, you know, we're, we're just lucky that we live during a time where we can experience these artists, um, the Beatles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, you, you know, you, 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 you take for granted of the stuff that we actually have seen throughout the 60s, 70s, 80s, and today, and just the stuff that's going on. But uh, I want to get into you, because this is, you know... Let's face it, it's not about me. It's about you. We're going to talk about you today. And I, I'm so excited. Oh, it should all be about you. This uh, show is great. <laughs> you are an amazing host. Well, I love this. Thank you so much. I appreciate the kind comments. But I want to talk about this. Is You know, everybody, uh, there was an Eddie Murphy routine one time that everybody's a frustrated singer. I think everybody's a frustrated singer and a frustrated actor. Because I think <laughs> most people would, would love to be in a TV show, in a movie, and there's a lot of stuff that goes into it, and we can get into that coming up. But I wanted to get with you because, you know, you did radio. Uh, we've all, you know, you, you were great on the radio, and then you just decided that it was time to become an actress, and, and I give you props for this because it's not easy, and let's explain the kind of road that uh, took to get there because you, you really um, are in a place now where things are starting to work for you, and I'm really impressed. So talk about that. Thank you. Well, when I was a little girl, I always wanted to be an actress. And I went to Emerson College and my parents insisted that I not pursue acting, but that I get a legitimate career. So I wound up uh, graduating um, with a focus in broadcasting. And I worked for WGBH Radio in Boston. I came to New York. I worked for ABC Television. I worked for a lot of uh, professional radio stations, WMCA, a lot of commercial stations in Jersey. I got into uh, bluegrass and country music in non-commercial radio. and um, But I always wanted to be an actor. And I had moved on and worked in public relations and event planning while doing the radio 
And it was my husband who saw me in a, a community theater show. And he said, you know, this is what you're really good at. And he knows me as a musician because he's been a guest on my show and knew me through radio. But he said, you know, you really have a gift for this. You should do this. And I was already, you know, um, in halfway through my life. But I said, you know, it is what I want to do. So I took a full-time job with Major League Baseball in order to go back to acting school. And I studied at the William Esper Studios worked full-time during the day, studied at night and on weekends, did some off-Broadway films, uh, local commercials while I was in school and working. It was it was hard, uh, but then I graduated and, and I've been working as a, a professional actress ever since and, and uh, it's worth it. So it's never too late to follow your dreams and I encourage everybody out there you know, if you had something that you've always wanted to do, do it. I agree. And I, and like I, I kind of told you a little bit off air that, you know, I started this in April of 2020 just because I wanted something to do for me, right? This is great therapy to sit down and, and talk to people that I worked with over the course of the years. It's kind of like Jerry Seinfeld when he does the comedians in cars, you know, getting coffee. This is all my friends and people. And I've had people on that weren't my friends growing up or, you know, they were just, um, acquaintances but it's been great it's a great conversation it's good therapy but i started on an easter sunday 2020 and this is the 97th episode of lens burning bush and i can't believe it's gone on for this many weeks the good news is unlike television and and all these uh movies i i don't have to worry about getting canceled because i i do it myself so <laughs> there's nobody else this, this is it i i put it on and whether they like it or not i'm gonna keep doing it because <laughs> it's fun for me <laughs> you good for you i wish you many many years of success (laughs) thank you now talk about you've got a potential uh, tv show coming up uh, and uh, i saw Um, a little bit of a commercial that aired uh with you in it i'm hoping to see you in it yeah as i said i i have my uh first uh, national commercial i'm represented um by a3 artist agency and bright artist management and i just um for my own production company this past year and uh, produced a short film, which will be distributed this year. It's called Strawberries and it's about Alzheimer's disease. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm just, you know, auditioning and I've come close and hope that soon you'll see me on a, on a network show or a major feature film. And We'll just, you know, keep plugging along. I'm I'm excited. And you're going to come on, back on, when you get the big TV show. uh, Because I'll be so excited that you get this. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Now, explain to people, because everybody thinks, you know, because, you know, everybody who's on a TV show or a movie, they all think how glamorous it is. But it is very hard work. And there are so many people behind the scenes that need to be thanked for this, right? Oh, absolutely. It's so hard. I mean, I was just on set yesterday and it was a 12 hour workday and the crew uh, was there much longer than me. And yeah, people don't realize how hard it is. I mean, as an actor, you're always working. You're always training. I take classes every day. I study scripts every day. I practice every day. You're always learning monologues. You're, you're, um, you know, being coached. And when you have a part, you know, it, 
it really takes a lot of work. And when you're on set in, in a television or film, um, it, it may take a few minutes to shoot the film, but it takes so long to set up the lights, set up the sound. There are hundreds of people on the set who are managing everything so that it looks beautiful on camera. And there are so many people, you know, to be thanked. I mean, you should appreciate actors for the hours and hours of training that they've done and all of the work that they've done to create the characters, but more so there are, there are thousands of unsung heroes on the cast, in the production crew, the casting offices, people that are doing all of the paperwork. There are so many people to be thanked that work so incredibly hard. Yeah. You have no idea what it takes to bring something to fruition. We don't. And and is there any, you know, now that you've done this, is there a show that you watch now going, wow, I really give them a lot of credit because it's just so hard to do. Is there any shows that you watch now? You probably watch it a little bit different way now. I watch everything in a different way. I mean, I'm really um, focused, of course, on performances by all of the actors. Very impressed, you know. But even just when you see something and you look and realize that somebody had to work at set location or, you know, like be the location manager and find the place to film, to recreate, you know, that spot. Um, Set design is an art in and of itself. You look at, at a home and it is so evocative of that character's personality and lifestyle, but that was a set designer who put all of those pieces together to make that kitchen look like it would belong to that person, to make that living room reflect all of their interests. Yeah, you absolutely watch everything in a different way. And I will commend um, HBO's Gilded Age, which is right now streaming. Um, I love the Gilded Age. It happens to be um, a point in history that... I've read quite a bit about, I visited a lot of the mansions. I know a lot of the historical references and, you know, to just see the artwork, the CGI magic of creating 1892 New York, 10 years after Central Park was just opened, just designed, you know, to all of a sudden be in a world of costumes and corsets and ballrooms and mansions, you know, that are of a time and to be transported so beautifully, it's another level of appreciation. So, yeah, there's so many shows. Mrs. Maisel. Oh, can't wait for that. Yeah, can't wait for that. Love being in the early 1960s, you know, love that type of comedy, the script writing, you know, that's, we haven't even talked about, you know, screenwriters and, and, uh, you know, the, the writing staff in these, in these rooms. Um, incredible. And that dialogue, that dialogue is so fast and is so, you know, so sharp, so on point. It's like watching a, a, a ping pong match amazing so that's that's direction that's screenwriting that's acting it, yeah 
It sounds like, because I've been watching a lot of shows recently, but Afterlife is one that I love with Ricky Gervais. And one of the things that I, I watch him, and I watch a lot of interviews after watching the show, and it's so good. It's so well done, all three seasons, right? But what he does is he actually gets the concept and writes it for someone in mind that he knows. He's gotten to the point where he's so good that he could actually think about who he's going to cast while he's writing the the episode or the writing the script for that particular and if you watch the show they're all so good together uh in that and it, it's got to be pretty hard uh to do that and he's he's a he's amazing i mean he can do anything he's hosted the golden gloves and what you know he he's uh he said you know five times he said he's done doing it but they would if they asked him again i bet you he would do it again he's, yeah he's a genius you know when i first watched that show my brother had just lost his wife he lost her to leukemia and I almost couldn't, I couldn't watch it because it was just so, so painful and it was so raw, but thankfully I stayed with the show and went with Ricky Gervais, you know, as my brother was going through his stages of grief and it's so poignant and it really uh, just developed and I, I came to love that show and I've been a Ricky Gervais fan for years. Yeah. I mean, he really is. He's incredible. Well, sorry to your brother. That's uh, that's awful. Uh, prayers are out to the family. But, you know, watching uh, the show, and I'll, I'll be honest, I mean, in, in, a, in an episode, you will laugh, you will get kind of a little bit annoyed, and you will, you will cry uh, all in the same episode because it's just everything, the emotions of that show. And the way he, I mean, I don't want to, I won't give anything away for people that haven't seen it. They could stream the three seasons on Netflix, but the last episode was brilliant. The way that went out. So anybody that hasn't seen that, did you get to see all three seasons or have you not seen the third season? No, I've not seen the final season yet, but, okay. uh, but we will. Yeah. It's, it's on our, it, it's tremendous. Binge list correct yeah you got to give these shows a chance sometimes uh one show that i was thinking of uh that comes to mind that i probably would normally have not given a second chance on was secession because if you watch it early on you watch a couple episodes you're like this is hard to watch and then finally when you get into like episode three four and five in the first season then it becomes something you can't stop watching it's like oh my goodness what am i doing but that show is uh that show's brilliant also uh, Secession oh, on HBO. Brilliant. Yeah, and just from the first theme music, you know, I'm already yeah. on pins and needles. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. I, I love TV. I love TV. I love uh, growing up. There was, a, there was a show on HBO that was kind of like my childhood. It was called uh, Dream On. It was about a young, they, they had a kid in front of the TV, Martin Tupper was the, the name, and he would sit and watch TV, and then they, he later went on to do other things. But it was a kid watching TV, and that was me. I mean, I watched a lot of game shows, is, uh, which was always a lot of fun. I'm a big Jeopardy fan. Are you a big Jeopardy fan as well? I love Jeopardy. <laughs> yes. My husband teases me. He says it makes me a senior citizen, but I love Jeopardy. I love it. I, I love yeah, it. I, I, yeah. I was very, very heartbroken, as was the whole country, when we lost Alex Trebek. Yes. You know? Yeah. Um, but you realize how long Jeopardy's been on and how much of my life. You know, I never used to watch it regularly, but I have been watching it maybe since the pandemic, maybe because there wasn't something to do. And um, I take a lot of, I'm based in New York, and some of my acting classes 
are based in LA and I had to wait until they would start because they were starting on Pacific coast, you know, Pacific time. And I was East coast time. So Jeopardy was at seven here in New York. And it just happened that I started to watch it. And I, I really became enthralled with it again, all during the pandemic. We, uh, we record it every night and watch it whenever we can. We don't always watch it every night, but we watch, we catch up on the episodes. I watch it with my father-in-law and my wife. We, we love it. I, I, I can't get enough of it. Now they're apparently going to have what they call a second chance tournament. For those that lost the first time to all these great champions that we've had on between Amy and uh, Matt Amodio and others that have been on and done a great job and won some money. But there's been people that uh, lost to Matt Amodio, Jessica Stevens in particular, but she lost to Jonathan uh, Fisher by $40 on that one show that Matt lost. And she had over 28000 on that. So what they're going to do is they're going to take some of those people and they're going to bring them back in a second-chance tournament. They don't have a date, uh, but it's going to be sometime in the fall they're going to air this, um, you know, kind of interesting, I think. They're going to do the tournament. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, so they're bringing the second-chance tournament to take place right before the show's annual Tournament of Champions in the fall. So I think that's a great idea. Why not? I, yeah, I think that's a great idea. You know, that's I, I like the Food Network also, and I like Chopped. Um, my husband hates it, but I like the show <laughs> and they'll do that. Also people that didn't make it to the finals, they have uh, tournaments that when they get a second chance. So I think that's a great idea. Good for Jeopardy. I like that. It's a good idea. We'll, we'll continue to watch it. I, I kind of like the idea with Ken Jennings hosting. I, I don't know. Mayan Bialik has been hosting as well, but I kind of like Ken. I think there's nobody better when it comes to knowing the game. Not that nothing against Mayan because she does a great job and she's as smart as a whip. But I, I, I kind of like Ken. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I like Ken. You know, Mayim is, is great. But yeah. Ken, you know, he, I mean, he is, he's a Jeopardy champ and he's fantastic. Yeah. I think he has such poise and such knowledge and he keeps the game moving and he's really um, wonderful in his response. And in, it's like he subtly encourages and yet is neutral to all of the the contestants. He's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Jeopardy. I hope you make him the permanent guy. I hope so. I hope so. I think Alex would be looking down proud of it, that Ken would be be doing it as well. But Carol, it's been a pleasure going back uh, a little bit down memory lane here, but getting uh, the update on what you're doing. I'm so proud of you uh, that you're you know acting and, and it's it's so hard. And I wish you nothing but the best on this. And and when you get that uh, show, you're going to come back on, right? We're gonna we're gonna talk about <laughs> we're gonna talk about this again. But uh, but thank you so much for being on the show today. We're mouth to God's ears. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, thanks to. Uh, Carol Bogart, I'm Len Harvey. We'll be back with a, another episode before that, but I want to remember to, to, I forgot, look at this. I, I don't even know what I'm doing. Episode 97, I didn't even give out that you can like Lens Burning Bush on Facebook and you can like it on Twitter at Lens Burning Bush. Make sure you follow along on that. YouTube channel, make sure you like and subscribe and also listen on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, iHeartRadio. Make sure you ask Alexa to play Lens Burning Bush podcast. Make sure you say podcast because I don't know what's going to come up if you don't. But it's on all the different platforms and all of that. But again, thank you, Carol, for for doing this. Um, I'm Len Harvey. Be back with another episode. We'll be back with another episode of Lens Burning Bush next week. So long.